Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we go to the west coast of Canada to talk to uh, Sherry Edmonds Flett and her wonderful organization called Link. So, Sherry, welcome. Thank you, Peter. I'd like to first acknowledge that Emma's Acres and Link is on the unceded ancestral and shared lands for the Solo people, and that the District of Mission, now known as the City of Mission, is on Kwantlen, Lakamal, Matsui, and Scowlitz territories. Thank you very much. That's great, especially since I am coaching a former First Nation chief Aww. from Vancouver. And okay. He, he's doing some pretty incredible stuff. But let's focus on you for a minute. Where did okay. you go to school, Sherry? Um, my, I'm from Kingston, Ontario, and my Bachelor of, bachelor of Honours was from Queen's. My uh, Bachelor of Education is from Queen's. My master's degree in African Area Studies is from UCLA. And my <clears throat> PhD, I've got about a month left of revisions on my PhD thesis, um, which is on the history of African-Canadian women in British Columbia from 1858 to 1938 is at Simon Fraser. And so that's some education. That's terrific. I have... Uh my wife has an aunt who teaches at UBC, in the, okay. and she also runs the, um, she's curator of the museum for Indigenous people out there. Neat. So that would be interesting for you to visit and see what she has to offer. So yes. anyway, more important, what about jobs while you were at school? Or after school, where did you work? Oh, um, let's see. I worked all the way straight through school. Um, I worked at as a server, waitress, and whatnot. And then I, I, uh, I taught. Uh, I did um, substitute teaching, and then I taught at the University of the Fraser Valley in adult basic education. I, um, uh, let's see. I moved out to British Columbia. I had met person that was going to become my husband in um, Biffa, Black Inmates and Friends in Millhaven Institution, which is just outside of Kingston. I was the social convener of the Queen's University West Indian Club, and he was the social convener of Biffa, Black Inmates and Friends, and we were the only two white members of both executives. So eight years, his name was Glenn Flett, or John Glendon Flett. Um, so we married eight years later. I didn't think I was ever going to get married, much less to somebody doing time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we got married inside prison at William Head Institution on Vancouver Island. And so I, um, when Glenn was in William Head, I taught or I worked at the BC Council of Human Rights uh, uh, doing an educational uh curriculum unit. I did curriculum units for the uh, uh, Ministry of Advanced Education. So I did one on Learners on Sikhs in British Columbia. 
Japanese Canadians in British Columbia, African Canadians in British Columbia. Um, and then eventually when Glenn got out in 1992, we formed Link, a long-term inmates now in the community. Um, we formed it because we had a really good friend who lived um, outside of Toronto who actually introduced me to Glenn in Millhaven. His name was Ronnie Ronald Clifford Grant, or Gypsies, we knew him, and he uh, had been out for 10 years, and then he slit his throat and hung himself. Um, and so out of our grief about what happened with him, we formed Link, and it was, you know, we first started with groups, which were like talking circles, um, support group circles, and then we started going into institutions, Glenn did, and, and then I did, and then we started doing um, various community projects because Glenn's used to say he passed away in October of 2019. He got lung cancer that went to his brain, but Glenn used to say that you, um, that you're less likely to rob and steal in a community where you have a vested interest. So we did a lot of work with prisoners, people getting out of prison, their families. And then we started doing work with survivors of homicide. That's the friends and family members of people who've been murdered. And so we, we're trying to think of a way to uh, fund our work with survivors. And I had started reading about social enterprise businesses, and I went down with members of our board to Delancey Street in San Francisco to do what was called the replication training. They have a number of businesses like a Christmas tree business, a moving business, a restaurant, and a bunch of other things. So we went down in... I think it was 2007, maybe, I think, to, to do the replication training. But um, so we were trying to think of what we could do. And one of the projects that we were already doing was managing the community garden, Soapbox Community Garden in Mission, British Columbia, where I'm from and where Glenn and I were living. And so we decided that we wanted to um, – develop like to have a social enterprise agricultural social enterprise and so we met first with a man named michael abelman who runs a really neat program in vancouver called soul food and um and so we met with him and then we we're trying to figure out how to get again um get land for an agricultural social enterprises so we got the land through what's now known as the city of mission it's it used to be known as a district of mission but we've now become a city and so we have like it was six to eight acres, six that are that we're using, and that's where we started. We got it, it got the land, leased it from the district admission in 2012. And what was really cute was I got nominated and got a Queen's Diamond Jubilee medal. So I had to go to the district admission at the time, city council, for them to thank me for getting this Queen's Diamond Jubilee medal. And then the next thing on the agenda after that was my ask to uh, get land for our uh, agricultural social enterprise. And so our land is across from the cemetery in Mission. It's designated cemetery land. Um, but, yeah, and so in 2013, we started Emma's Acres. Okay, so tell me about the people that work the land. Okay, so the people that work the land, well, up until COVID, have been people that are coming out of prison, um, and then people who are actually out on prison on conditional release. 
there's community members like people from the community there's also survivors of serious crime that also work for us in fact the first person that glenn hired when we got some of our funding for emma's acres was a man named ray king whose son was murdered by clifford olson and so emma's acres itself is named after a woman named reverend emma smiley who was friends with glenn's grandfather had married glenn to his first wife had baptized glenn's twin sons had uh Glenn had gone to her Sunday school, and she was murdered by a fellow who broke into her home. I think he was 17. He bludgeoned her to death. And so when we got the land for what we now call Emma's Acres, I asked Glenn, well, what do you want to call it? And he said, Emma's Acres after Reverend Smiley. Her name was Reverend Emma Smiley. So she ran the Victoria Truth Center in Victoria, B.C. So basically, Emma's Acres is a good example of community engagement. So like I said, we have people, if we didn't have COVID, we'd have people from prison, but we have people on conditional release out of prison that come to it. We have people who are community members. I call the, some women, I call them the ladies who weed. So we have had lifeguards from the pool working there. We've had the ladies who weed. We've had rotary members come and work. We have all different kinds of people because it's seen as a, as a community project and yeah so so what do you do with the produce the produce well okay first of all anybody who's a friend or family member someone who's been murdered gets what we grow for free also if a person is an elder um in like a spiritual like a uh an elder um and they need it for food for that they could come or like any type of spiritual person that is an elder, like whether it's an Iman, whether it's wicked priestess, if it was like Robert Nahaney is the elder that's attached to us. That's also attached to quickly quilt. Um, and so we, so, and then we sell the produce at the Michigan city farmer's market. We sell it at various restaurants like the Blackberry kitchen and scratch. We sell it at a, a grocery store that we have in, at just out between Mission Abbotsford called LEPS. We sell at uh, the site. And when we didn't have COVID, not this year, or we we had uh, CSA boxes, uh, people come on site to buy from us. So, and we're selling it all. And then some of it also as well, besides giving it to survivors, friends and family members of people who've been murdered, we also give to the uh, Missions uh, Food Center, St. Joseph's Food Center. Um, you know, we donate to, you know, when, when different groups are having fundraisers, we'll donate uh, cute gift coupons to Emma's Acres. We, um, like when they found, for instance, uh, the bodies of the children in the Kamloops Indian Residential School, what we did that week was anybody who identified as Indigenous, Aboriginal, Métis uh, could come to our stall at the Mission City Farmers Market and get whatever they wanted for free. And so we would have made, let's say, $1,000 that day. We made 500 because, again, we felt it was important to acknowledge uh, what had happened. Uh, and so that's what we do. We do that a lot, too. So you do this all by yourself? 
Uh, I do it. I'm the executive director of Link. I have people who work for me. So my um, my uh, programs manager is uh, uh, she helps. Her name is Nikki. Then I have uh, we have uh, a farm manager, a farm hand, um, a lot of people that have had done time or uh, yeah. And then like I said, the community volunteers and stuff. So, so how big is your team overall, including volunteers? Well, again, I don't know what it would be because right now it's bare bones because people from prison can't get out. So normally we would have people from various federal institutions, from uh, Mission Minimum, Mission Medium, from RTC Pacific, from Matsui, from Mountain, from uh, Fraser Valley Institution for Women, uh, there's uh, the only site that they don't come from is is Kent because Kent's the maximum, and then they don't come from William Head on the island. But right now, because of COVID, for the last like two years, it'll be two years, and they haven't been able to come out um, because of COVID. We can't go in; they can't go out. So right now, I would say we have maybe. 10 people that come right now that are community people and then ourselves. But again, it we need more than that because there's like we're sustainable farmers, but like there's weeding, there's transplanting, there's selling at the market, there's transporting stuff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Along as, as well as doing your education. Yeah, I have, like I said, about a month left of revisions to do, so I hope to get get done this. uh, You know, it's taken, like, I mean, I should have graduated, like, maybe 20 years ago, but I've always worked all the way straight through school, so. uh, And and then I had to apply to go back to Simon Fraser, and I, I was a founding member of the Canadian Black Studies Association, I'm a lifetime member of the Association of Black Women Historians. Um, I, you know, a member of the Canadian Historical Association. So, so I, and I've always been publishing in my field and going to conferences, presenting papers in my field. And so um, I, I got the uh, admission or in, in uh, the Fraser Valley, we have the Fraser Valley Cultural Diversity Awards. So I got the Champion of Diversity Award uh, Emma Sakers got the Innovative Innovation Innovative Initiative Award. Um, Link itself has gotten the uh, uh, got the Innovative Nonprofit, and then just in June I got for the um, United Way Public Policy Institute. I got the second award, the second time it's been awarded, the Ida Goudreau Alumni Award for that uh, for my anti for what I do at Emma Sakers and our work, uh, anti-racist work and our, my work within prison. So I got that award in June and yeah. So So, Sherry, when is the book coming out? Well, the book about my thesis is once I get the thesis done and, and, uh, defended, um, I was going to write a book about Glenn and myself and Link but as I said, Glenn, I was going to be interviewing him and stuff, um, but he passed away. He got diagnosed two years ago in August with 
lung cancer that went to his brain, and then he died in October, October the 26th of 2019. So we didn't get a chance to do that. I wanted to do, and I may, I may still do it. Um, I have all, like we knew each other. I met him when I was uh, 20 years old, and so we were married 30. We got married 1987 inside. So we would have been we were married 32 years when he passed on and 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 it's not like a normal thing cuz most people think that when people marry somebody